Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we have um, really an amazing conversation with a beautiful coach named Brandy Michelle. And we're going to talk about creating the life of your dreams. Now, I have to tell you from the start, just hearing that creating the life of your dreams doesn't really fully capture all that you will learn throughout this discussion. It all will point to that, but there are so many points that Brandy shares that I'm sure are going to inspire you, make you question, um, have you really be self-reflective. I mean, it was an amazing conversation and she has beautiful work. So Brandy is an energy healer and an intuitive empowerment coach. And we are going to talk about a system that she has come up with, which is an acronym called BASE, B-A-S-E. And she really is going to give a lot of clear um, examples of how it is you can come into deeper recognition of what it is that really brings you into a state of joy and happiness and also recognizing in very practical ways how you are actually a co-creator of your own life. And it's funny, one of the things she said in the conversation that she realized for herself was if she can manifest a singular thing, then she can also manifest all things. So it, it goes really deep, but she explains things in a way that, again, I'm sure are going to have so many light bulbs go off for you, and you're really going to enjoy this. So to learn more about Brandy and her work, you can go to her website, which is brandymichelle.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-I-M-E-C-H-E-L-E.com. You can also find her on Instagram under Brandy Michelle, but of course, the link's are down in the show description. I also want to remind you that if you go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, if you sign up for the newsletter, you will get access to creating with the moon and stars as well as 22 days of transformation. So you have a free guided journey that will take you through the process of becoming more self-aware you also can download the Energetic Alchemist app, and there is a lot of free content there for you, as well as a membership where you get access to more Reiki tools, more alchemy tools. You can even join me for the Reiki Radio Roundtable discussions where we talk live about the episodes, but also about what's going on for you in your path and just any questions around that. So there is a lot um, that you can access through the app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or also on Google Play. If you have an Android, just look up The Energetic Alchemist. So I am looking forward to all that will inspire you in this conversation. Would love to hear when you're done what comes up for you. So reach out to me and let me know. And I will see you on the other side. Okay, everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. Today, we're speaking with the lovely Brandy Michelle, and we're going to talk about creating a life of your dreams. But Brandy, I want to thank you, first of all, for taking time to come talk with us today. Oh, Yolanda, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to speak with you and uh, your community. Yeah, well, one of the things that I always am so curious about, and a lot of people listening like to hear 
because we're all on these journeys and these paths and different iterations of it. What got you started in this? Because I do know that you do energy work. You're also an intuitive empowerment coach. So what even led you to working with people in the capacity that you do? Yes, it's an interesting story. I've always, uh, since I was a little girl, been really obsessed with human potential. And Mm so uh, over my lifetime, I've read thousands of books about it, but realized around seven and a half years ago that I hadn't embodied much of it. Like I was very knowledgeable about all of the ways that we could really elevate our consciousness and grow our energetic vibration, but very little implementation. Mm -hmm. And as I was thinking about my own life path, where at this point I was managing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and hundreds of individuals, uh, but still wasn't happy. I checked all the boxes of success that I ever had aspired to, but there wasn't this kind of innate happiness. And I felt that all of those things were absolutely on the path to uh, joy. And when I took a step back and realized this, I really embarked on my own self-discovery and understanding and, and thought more about how do I align, uh, with happiness. And so I started embodying the work and learning more and digging mm-hmm. even deeper than I ever had before. And I was a human who just like saw all the challenges in the world, who oftentimes blamed other people for my personal challenges. And I just looked through life through a very different lens and how I got to this work to answer your question. um, Long story long is that (laughs) my own evolution led to so many people seeing that I had changed so much that they really started asking to work with me. And I was like, this is interesting. Um, During the pandemic, I decided uh, that I didn't want to travel so much doing that work. I was a sales leader and so I was in charge of the United States and Canada. So there was lots of travel and I wanted to be home with my little guy. And so I really transitioned to uh, working with people because really they had come to me and said, Hey, we want to have some of what you're having. So it was really an organic journey. Well, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. A lot of people do say that. And I'm always um, fascinated by the way that some of us will just like kind of follow the breadcrumbs. But you said a couple of things that I want to go back and ask you about. One is the knowledge versus the experience, because I think a lot of us come to the space of curiosity and we just want to take in all of the information but then wonder, well, why am I not seeing a result? So can you talk a little bit about that, like that, that quest for the information versus the difference in actually applying and implementing? Yes. One thing I often say to my clients is that I oftentimes see that the people who are most challenged with this work are like, have these really big brains and this intellectual curiosity, and they've excelled in everything they did. So they're on this fierce journey for knowledge (laughs) and the knowledge isn't what actually like changes your life. And so when you pivot from there and say, I actually can gain more by constant implementation. So it's all about action, right? It's like, how do I learn this information, implement it in this moment and know that I'm actually creating different neural pathways that are going to put my life on an alternate trajectory that will actually align, um, with what I'm seeking. And what I had found, what I noticed was that 
I would go to trainings and workshops and things and everyone would sit around the room and they could tell you all of the books and everything. And we would all like mention uh, something that was challenging us, but very rarely were people like, oh, I'm going to like take this learning and implement it so that I can evolve my life in this moment. They'd still just be thinking about it yeah. um, as was I. And so I think what you can do is really decrease the amount of knowledge that you have and increase the execution and implementation. And you're going to see um, wholesale changes much faster, but I think yeah. it's a common human experience. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I literally just had a conversation about something very similar in a class recently because, you know, um, with people working through being nervous about if they are qualified enough or if they are good enough to do the thing that they desire, but it, that's exactly it. It was like, well, stop just seeking more information and practice what it is that you know, because that's well, what will be your actual teacher. But you also mentioned, um, you said checking boxes of success versus your happiness. And so I wanted to ask you about that too, because I think that's also a thing where a lot of us think this is what I'm supposed to do. And we go down that path and we may even go through a cycle of, you know, just chasing what we think success may be, but then ultimately realizing we're not satisfied. So could you talk a little bit about that? Like the, even maybe recognizing what success is for us personally versus what it was like for you to realize actually what I'm looking for is to feel happy. Yeah. I think that um, it's so complex, right? Because mm -hmm. we are oftentimes taught these things from the moment that we're born, right? Like right. our families and especially I think like women and people of color, like our families are like, Hey, if you're going to be successful, these are the things that you have to do. And it's fiercely driven into you yeah. um, because our parents want the best for us. Right. And so yeah. we have to take a step back and say, how do I intentionally co-create the life that I want? Right. And, and what, I tell everyone all that you're seeking is because you believe it will bring you happiness, right? And so we believe that happiness is an outcome. And in the work that I do, I help people reframe that happiness needs to be an objective. And if it is an objective in your life, then all of those other things are going to fall into place more easily. However, if we have you know, an objective um, around health, right? Like people oftentimes have an objective to lose weight or if someone has an objective around more financial success and, and a career advancement or the third pillar around relationships, you can focus keenly on one of those pillars. However, if you aren't overall raising your energetic vibration, one of those other pillars are going to falter because you're going to be you're going to need to stay in homeostasis overall, right? However, what we know for sure is if you're focused on that happiness, you're focused on the purpose and you're focused on joy as an objective, then all three of those pillars by definition have to follow because you'll have a constant improvement in your overall level of consciousness. And so when we reframe as a singular objective, kind of happiness, joy, consciousness, vibration, whatever you want to call it, then everything else will align really easily. And so as someone uh, who is now a parent with a six-year-old, I tell him every day, you know, that the most important thing he can do in this world is to be happy. 
And the second most important thing he can do is to be kind. And if he's happy and kind, everything else will follow. That is so beautiful. It's funny. I literally like a week ago posted something on my app about joy being at the foundation, like being in that frequency um, and how impactful that is. But that kind of leads right into this other aspect of your story that you shared. So you were seeking I, I'm curious even what made you seek, like what made you want to take in all this information and read all the books. And then eventually you get to the space where people start recognizing a change in you. So I'm curious about that. What caused you to seek in the first place? And then what were the changes that people were looking at you and saying, Brandy, like, what is going on? What are you doing? Give me some of that. Right. Um, you know, I don't know if I can answer the first question in a way that's fulfilling, but to your point about following the breadcrumbs, I think, um, that we all come to this planet, um, with a knowing in some way, shape or form of our life purpose. And I know now that this is my life purpose. And I think that I was just always on the journey and infinite intelligence was like guiding me. And the divine was like, we'll get her there one way or another. <laughs> right. And so I, uh, to your point, just kept following the breadcrumbs, but these books were intriguing. You know, I started just reading one after another, after another, and, you know, they all have recommendations and then I'd pick up the recommendation. And so, um, I don't know why it was just yeah. always in me as a little, little girl, I think. Um, and I just followed it and yeah. it took me a while to get to this place, but I'm grateful that I did. And I think it was interesting. I was at a conference this week and I was sitting in a, in the hotel lobby and I just was sitting there. I don't know what I was doing at the time. And later a woman came up to me and she said, I saw you in the lobby earlier and you just look so happy and peaceful. And so yeah. I think that as for me, I, um, I harbored like just a lot of anger. I, I focused on all that wasn't right in the world instead of really focusing as I try to now on, um, that, which is good in order to attract more of that to my life. And I shouldn't say good or bad. It's really like higher density, um, emotions that I try to stay focused on versus lower density emotions, which I think are really there to teach us lessons. And I wasn't oftentimes getting the lesson because I was like <laughs> always outwardly focused that it was someone else's fault. And so, um, my evolution just came really from reframing, um, my perspective. It came from kind of clearing a lot of like the heavy emotions that I had in my life from things that happened to me over the course of my life. Um, and, and then just knowing that I ultimately have the power to co-create all of my experiences. I think sometimes we think of manifestation as, uh, also as a goal, right? Like I'm going to manifest a thing like a house or a car or a job or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife. And I shifted that to think like, if I can manifest a thing, then I must be manifesting all things. And when I started thinking that I'm manifesting the entirety of my life, it gave me so much power to actively co-create my life and to also take pause when things didn't go my way to say, what in me allowed this experience to come up today? And the more that I have done that, 
um, the less often I have these really big hiccups in life because I try to learn my lesson quickly, Yolanda, as quickly as yeah. possible <laughs> so I can keep moving on. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. It's interesting to um, just even hear the simplicity of I looked happy and peaceful because it is true. You know, we, we, I think about that, um, that interconnectedness, right. And how we can't help, but to feel what we pick up on people around us, whether they're having a good or a bad day, no matter what their energy is, we either recognize it, we feel it, we sense it. Um, even unconsciously, we may take that on, but for someone to look at you and to recognize that, I think it speaks so much to what you were saying before, like being in that essence of um, joy or being in that frequency of having happiness as the objective, right? So you mentioned working through the more dense emotions, which a lot of us come to realize is a necessity, but how did you recognize that? So, you know, when reading the books and all of these things, was it this process of reflection that you're like, oh my God, I didn't realize I was carrying things this way. How did you really navigate that to get to this shift in energy for yourself? Yeah, it's actually a process that I use with clients and that I tell people they can use with themselves, especially as they kind of grow in their own practice is um, I just learned that if I sit really still around something that's bubbling up because I believe and and science really does support at this point that things that are happening in your life that are meant as lessons, they're going to keep coming until you learn the lesson, right? And so I often ask when I say to people, what do you think this is trying to teach you? They're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then I'm like, well, do you know why you don't know? And they're like, no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, you don't know because you keep saying you don't know and you don't want to know, but we all have this knowing in our soul. And so for me, what I do is just re sit really still. And sometimes I, now I do it in silence. I used to do it with a notebook and I just ask, and I ask the universe, like, what is this trying to teach me? What am I trying to learn? What, what is the origin of this occurrence? And when you ask what the origin is, like for me, I've had things come to my head that I really didn't think had impacted me at all. Right. In my life. And then it, it bubbles up and then I sit with it some more and I say, okay, so that happened. And what does that mean? What did I make that mean? And, um, and then I, I move through it. And oftentimes personally, I think you can sit with it and process it if you don't have access to energy work, but I try to, um, use energy work to clear it more quickly. No, I love that. It's funny. You just reminded me of something I completely forgot about, but I had a, um, someone that I worked with years ago. And whenever I said, I don't know, she would say, well, what if you did know? Exactly. So right. that was her way of trying, yeah, bypassing yes. or getting me to jump over my story. Well, what if you did know? What if you did know? Or what if you had to guess? <laughs> That's what I say. Like, right. what if you had to guess? What if you did know? Yeah. You know, and then always people know, and then you're like, yes. we'll do that. Well, that's it. That's the yeah. end. It's the first thing that comes to your mind, but we're trying to like hyper-rationalize things and mm -hmm. the brain isn't as rational as the subconscious brain isn't as rational as our conscious brain. And so the two can sometimes like see things very differently, but the subconscious right. brain is so simple. Yes. And, yes. It's yes. so simple. Yes. And so you mentioned the energy work component. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I love energy work. So I have to ask you about that too, because in all that you were studying, when did that come in the map for you? And then what, was there a particular modality that you practiced or studied? When did energy work show up? Yeah, I now can say that I realized that I had this clear cognizance since I was a little girl, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'd be with people and I would just be like, oh, I see this, or I could really see things that people couldn't see. And I never knew how, and I never knew why, um, but it would just come to me. And then I would say something, people like, yes, that's it. Right. Like, like a little bit shocked. So my whole entire life. And I would always just say like, I see people, I see people so clearly, like I see people, I didn't know what it was. Right. And, um, I didn't grow up in a family where energy work was a, a thing. And so, um, as I have healed myself, that, gift has really honed itself. Right. So now I can be talking to a client or someone on the street and I'll get like real clear, like names and faces and things. And I'll say like, was there this woman, Julie, who was friends with your mom? And people will be like, what are you talking about? Right. Um, and so now that comes up in more clearly, I think the gift is really available to everyone. Uh, we just have to be willing to access it. And the more that I've like I said, healed and been willing to access it. I get more and more downloads. And also I think for me, um, early on it, it was odd. Right. And so as I have like gotten more and more confirmations that the downloads I receive are, are really accurate for others and for myself, um, I've also leaned into it more. Um, I have studied some modalities over time. And I think that just like helps with the gift or like more esoteric modalities, but I've studied around how do you like help people quickly reprogram their subconscious beliefs. I've studied around like clearing energy around kind of um, these dense emotions so that you have the memory, but not the uh, emotion. And I think all of these things help me uh, to help people kind of move along the continuum more quickly. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of what you're saying, it reminds me of what I think a lot of us come to realize somewhere along the way, but it may not be as obvious at first, that mind-body energy connection Mm -hmm. and really um, starting to recognize our perception of things and the stories we hold, how much that impacts, not just our frequency, our energy, our emotions, and just working through the layers. But another thing that's interesting in what you say is especially with the intuitive aspect, um, how working on ourselves and going through our own healing, how it helps us to be just become more of a clear channel. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times people think like, okay, I want to be more intuitive, or even that can translate as I want to trust myself, (laughs) like if we really go beneath Mm -hmm. the surface. But there'll be a lot of focus on like, oh, I just got to work on my third eye. When really, in fact, if you work on you, and the more you clarify to your point, you just become more clear in your receptivity of your higher awareness. I think that's um, really a key. So now I want to talk about your work very specifically, because you do work with and coaching people through these different layers and aspects of themselves. So I want to ask you about some key components so that people even listening recognize the benefit and the importance of coming into relationship with ourselves, right? Yeah. So I know that belief work, like you just mentioned, mm-hmm. is a key component. Could you help um, all of us understand 
not just for the sake of like, oh, just look at your beliefs, but how that impacts us, <laughs> the level of yes. importance, how, yes. what it is that we hold in, how we perceive things. What's the implication there? What's the impact of this? Yes. So I'd love to walk you through kind of the process that I created over seven years, but I'd love to answer okay. the second question first, because okay. I think it is so important. I tell people that I've tried to take these really complex ideologies, right? Like we are all one, we are all connected. Like how do our neural pathways work? How does the subconscious like is really leading 95% of your life, but you trust your conscious mind, which is only 5%, right. all of these things. I've just tried to distill them. Um, and so I have distilled the way the brain works in this way. It is so incredibly powerful. And whatever you believe it is going to seek to prove you right. And it is just constantly. And so the challenge is like, I had a girlfriend who was like obsessed about getting sick. And I, and finally I pulled her aside and I said, you are going to like, I said, you're stressing yourself out. I tried to put it in layman's terms. You're stressing yourself out. And you know, that people who are stressed are more likely to get sick. I'm like, you are really going to get sick. And she said, I know you're right. I know you're right. And she's like, but I just can't help it. I'm like really worried. I said, okay. I said, let's see if there's anything you can do. So then the next week she calls me and she says, I'm sick. And I said, see, I told you I was right. And she said, no, I told you I was right. And so we <laughs> both, right. So I am like, your brain had to prove you right. Mm -hmm. And so, but she took that information and has then says I was right to worry because it mm -hmm. ended up as I expected. And so that's what the brain is doing. The brain, it's constantly allowing life to end up as you expected. And you then continue down that path because you're reinforcing it. And if we can step back and say, my brain is so powerful and I've had a lifetime of expectations that have come to pass. What if I have different expectations? Will I have a different life? Will I have the life that I seek? Will I align with what I want? And I, my purpose in this lifetime is to help people know, yes, you will. Right. And we start, I start very little. I tell people, let's start by just believing everywhere you go, you'll get the perfect parking spot. And my clients always come back. They're like, I keep getting parking spots. <laughs> right. And so if you start with something little, something that you, you don't have all of these beliefs about a parking spot, right? Like you think it's happenstance, right? So you don't, we don't have to do a lot of clearing. We don't have to do a lot of work. We're just going to reframe it. And they see very quickly, like, wow, that, that is true. And then you can build from there. Right. But otherwise people are like, no, I'm right. Every, like, I'm right to worry because it always, it, it doesn't work out. You know, I always have challenges. Life is filled with friction. Yeah. It's interesting hearing you say it because on the back end, it's like, yeah, well, it panned out because that's what you kept saying. <laughs> like, that's right. your story. So it is it is very interesting. But I love that you give them that exercise to then try to prove and show that. Yeah, I mean, what you hold in expectation is so powerful. I have to ask you this just as a side note before we get to the system you've created. Yes. Have you personally thought of writing a book about this? Because you, I say it because I've, uh, you know, 
been doing this work for years, have heard read many books, and I've heard many people speak about these things as well. But you really do speak about it all like in such a very graceful, ingestible way that, you know, I think you really have. um, It's interesting that you recognize that you were able to simplify what has really mystified people so much. So are you planning to write a book around? I mean, should we be looking out for that? (laughs) Well, thanks, Yolanda. I don't know. Maybe the divine asked you to plant that seed with me today. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm thinking, well, man, if she had a book on this, I would read it. So in that vein, no, really, truly. So then what have you developed? Let's talk about the system that you've come up with to support people. Right. So- For me, I realized that there was so much complexity around these ideas, right? And so we don't want to oversimplify. And I think the oversimplification is like, hey, if you say some affirmations, then your life is going to transition. And and then people get really frustrated because they're like, for 30 days, I said this affirmation and nothing changed, right? Right. And so we can't oversimplify it. But when we then, you know, go to kind of some of these really deep spiritual leaders, it's so complex, right? And how do we meet people where they are? And I tell people, I'm going to make this as simple as humanly possible, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? Like you still have to do the work. Um, And you also have these decades of living this way, and we're going to shift that. And that, that takes a commitment. Um, And so what I thought is I took a step back and said, what are the things that have been integral for me to up-level my life in this way? And so first we've talked a lot about it is belief. So like, what beliefs did I have about how the world uh, should be. And these beliefs come from so many different areas. Like, like there is this collective consciousness, which everyone in the world has, right? Then there's like the consciousness of the United States, which can be very different than if you travel to other countries. And then there is the consciousness of your culture. So like for me as a black person, I have certain consciousness, but I also have a consciousness around being a woman and those expectations. And then even like your neighborhood might have one and then your family, right? And so you have all these layers of consciousness um, that can be... um, align, but they can also be in conflict with each other. And what have you taken in? And so how do we say like, Hey, these are the beliefs that I've been given over my lifetime, but usually from like my most formative years and I have ingrained them. And so some of those, like if it were money, it's like, like my dad always said, um, the more money you have, the more money you spend. And so I found myself as I was making more money, I was like, yes, like this is it. And I didn't even think consciously about it. I was just like, well, that's it. You have more money and you have, and you spend more money. And then I just said, well, no, I can reframe that to more money. I have the more money that I save. Right. And it's a slight switch, but it changes your life significantly. And so we reframe those beliefs to be um, aligned with our goals, objectives, like the life that we're seeking. Right. And then the A is around alignment. So this is really energetic alignment. Um, Sorry, let me take a step back. So I, it's called base and I believe it's foundational to um, aligning with the life that you're seeking. And so the B is beliefs, the A is, is alignment. And it's really a about this energetic vibrational alignment, right? And so I tell people all the time, whatever you're seeking, and we spoke about this earlier, it's because we believe it will bring us joy, happiness, love, right? These really high level emotions. But oftentimes we're seeking to align with that goal through these emotions of 
fear, worry, anxiety. And so the two just aren't aligned. And so if we can in advance have our energetic vibration specifically around that issue at a higher level, then we're going to more easily align with it. Right now you can like worry your way to achieving your goal, (laughs) but what you'll find is that the whole path is filled with stress and friction. Right. Right. But if you are in this place that is aligned with, with what the emotion that you're seeking, you're going to traverse that, um, path much more easily. And then the third step of base is the S. So it's around self-awareness and compassion because ultimately, right, we want everyone in the world to be self-sufficient at changing their own lives and create co-creating their own reality. And you do that by being self-aware. So how can I partner with you as a client to move you to this place of when something happens, you're like, oh, this is the lesson that I'm supposed to get. And then you get it and move on. And they don't have to call me or you or someone else to say this thing happened. And what do you think it means? Right. And also having compassion, right? Like, so it's self-awareness, compassion, because you become aware that there's this lesson for you. But you don't double down on it and say, like, I can't believe I made that mistake. That's the same mistake I made a week ago. I'm really supposed to be moving forward. I usually am better at this. And like you ruminate on it. You just say, I got the lesson and you move on. And so as we learn to have compassion with ourselves, by definition, we have more compassion with the world. And I think like the world being in a more compassionate place is just, you know, an ultimate good. And then the E, which is really the heaviest aspect of the work is about where do we have emotional resistance, right? So where did we have things happen to us in our lifetime through no fault of our own, right? Which is the most important thing to realize um, that have caused us to hold on to these really dense emotions, such as shame, such as anger, such as fear, grief, right? And how do we then keep the memory, but release the emotion. Because when we have that emotion, we are then pulling back similar experiences over and over and over into our current reality. Mm -hmm. And so I take people through this four-step process, um, really just meeting them where they are and helping them to um, have greater awareness so that they can more easily align with the life that they're seeking. But it's also work. I tell people all the time, this is work you can do on your own, right? I've distilled it so I can partner with you to help you more quickly, um, but it's available to all of us. I love that, again, like there's a very clear path. And I think even that gives people a sense of um, trust and um, leaning into possibility because you have it so clearly outlined of this is what we're going through, but this is also the why, and this is also the result and how it all marries together. But there are two things that um, really stood out in what you said that is so common. One is the story of challenge, right? Because you even mentioned that we don't have to go through it, whatever it may be just from the lens of worry. But a lot of us, we do, we have, like you say, the expectation or even just the story that certain things are supposed to be challenging or mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it just dawned on me when you said, I'm like, God, we have a lot of stories of challenge mm-hmm. and why, yeah. <laughs> why, yes. why, why are these stories of challenge? And then I think of two on the other side of the coin where you do see certain people in life where it's seems like, and we may even say like, God, it seems like they just 
go through everything so easily. Mm-hmm. But if they're going through the same things, but there's clearly then more than one option of yes. how to navigate, yes. but then really believing and recognizing that all of those potentials are available to us too. Yeah. But that story of challenge, I really, I just have to ask you about that. I mean, do you find that that tends to be one of the biggest things to overcome, like getting people just to let go of the idea that things mm-hmm. have to be hard? Yes. I mean, when you think of um, levels of consciousness, right, and we talked earlier about this cultural consciousness and Mm -hmm. kind of gender consciousness, and I think specifically for people of color and women, we are often taught repeatedly that the path is going to be hard, right? So Mm -hmm. I was taught as a very young girl that I'm going to have to work twice as hard to have half as much, and I I, if I just had a dollar for every time I heard that, I wouldn't have had to work at all because I would be just (laughs) so wealthy and it was just ingrained. And I know that our parents were doing the best they can and that they were seeking to protect us. Um, However, I think that we have this really unique opportunity at this time in our history to like step back from that. And to your point, what you said is what value is there in that message, right? And so we then create these situations whereby there are bad actors in the world and I'm not like releasing them of their um, (laughs) responsibility for being bad actors, but we really set ourselves up to more align with those experiences. Right. And Mm -hmm. I always say what you said to my clients, right? Like if you can find one person, one person in the world that has done what you've done, it's available to you. There's nothing that is singularly available to one person. And I think um, I always use money examples, not because um, I'm so keenly focused on it, but because it's like universally people understand them (laughs) uh, more than relationships. And I think that um, what we see like for wealth in America, we see that these individuals who um, have, accessed incredible amounts of wealth, they just keep getting more. And it's because their brain no longer sees any boundaries, right? And you don't, and it's not about like, if you agree with the work or what they do or anything else, it's really just about their energetic alignment to Mm -hmm. money and how they're able to bring that in. Now, I will argue that if you you can, we can all energetically align to anything, right. That we stay focused, but if we don't heal, then they'll have other things pop up in their life that may not. Um, it's impossible. I think to have all three pillars, um, be really great, right. Like, so you can't have money relationships and, um, um, health if you haven't actually healed, but you can like really go long on one. (laughs) And so we see people going really long on money and we're like, well, that's not fair, but it's really just, they see no boundary to it. Yes. Yes. And that's such a fascinating thing too. Cause I think then we even make up stories around, like Mm -hmm. we will even get honed in on the one thing like, oh, Brandy, she has it all because her money is right. But I may not see the other aspects of her life that are in Mm -hmm. complete shambles. Exactly. And then, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a really good thing to point out for people. And but we do one a other... disservice by not sharing, right? So I right. try to be really 
right, like clear around like things that I'm working through and, you know, but people oftentimes don't want to be vulnerable. So they put up this like whole life and people are like, oh, well, that's crazy. But I'm like, even as I've healed and grown, I still get lessons. I try, like I said earlier, I try to learn them early and often, but we all get them because that is actually the work in this lifetime, right? Yes. But that's one of the things that always in the back of my mind, I've always been very careful not to wish my life matched someone else. Because Mm -hmm. even if you think like, I want to match the vibration of what I see, I might not be seeing the whole picture. And I could be asking for a whole bunch of mess I don't want. So I like the point of yours of making sure that we ourselves are doing the healing and the work to come into alignment with what's highest and best for us. There's something else about this that you said that I want to touch, but in the vein of what you're sharing, I hope it's to think about because a lot of people talk about now ancestral healing. Yeah. And you mentioned having a six-year-old son, but even, you know, in being a woman, right? So a lot of what you just shared, it reminded me of the importance of not passing these stories on. So even just that story, culturally, I'm sure a lot of women, yes, we understand that story of you have to work twice as hard to only receive half as much. I'm sure we've all heard it, you know, like culturally speaking, right? And I was just thinking when you said it, like that is a hell of a story to pass on. So if nothing else, I think a lot of times, while we may be motivated for change to support our own lives, I think a lot of us are also motivated because we want better for the future, whether it's for other women, other humans, our children, whatever it is. A lot of us are like, I don't want to pass this on. But what you shared, it just really highlighted the importance of not passing on stories, Yeah, not just not passing on experience. Like people may think like, oh, I want to create generational wealth. Okay, that's nice. But what about the stories that we're passing on? Absolutely. I think that is so true. So like I said, you know, seven and a half years ago is when I was like, I'm going to go deep and wide around kind of changing my own life. But right. But six years ago, when my son came into the world, I read a book called Conscientious Parenting. And the best part of the book that like really had me double, triple down was that she says in the opening of the book that um, you're going to read this whole book. But the one thing you need to take away is the fact that you cannot teach your kid to be anything that you're not. And so it just was like, it was like, bam, just in my face that now in this moment, I need to be the best version of myself that I can be. And also like when I make mistakes, I say to my son, like, oh, you know, mommy shouldn't have snapped at you. Like I should have been able to take a step back and have a conversation and I apologize. Right. And so really like modeling for him, like the skills that I want him to have in this life, the compassion that I would love for him to have. Right. And, and focusing to your point on like who he is as a person and not what he achieves. Yes. That is so beautiful, Brandy. Okay. So the other thing that you said a while ago, but it, it just, you know, goes so beautifully. I want to thank you again. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I'm sure light bulbs are going off for so many people, you know, listening But a 
a lot of what you're sharing too, especially when you're talking about what's at the base or the foundation, even vibrationally speaking. And uh, it just occurred that whole thought of like, how do we live into the goal, right? Mm -hmm. So even identifying what the goal is. So for you, just like before, you checked all the boxes of success. That's great. But the goal for you is happiness. So could you talk a little bit about that? I mean, just recognizing like how we get to a space of realizing we're we're constantly living into whatever our goal may be, but how impactful that'll be if we're living into the wrong goal. Like we don't even realize the goal we have. So then yeah. is our life going to just look like chaos? Because we don't even know what yeah. we're trying right. to get to. It may not look like chaos, but it may not be as fulfilling as you expect. And I just want to note that I didn't, it took me a long time to realize that all that I was seeking was for happiness, right? Like I actually thought like, oh yeah, this is what I do. I go through life and I like check all these boxes. Right. And I was really just part of society. I think oftentimes that's just how we're taught, right? Like you have to take these classes and get these grades and I need to go to this high school and I need to be in these classes and then I'm going to go to the very best college I get accepted in and I'm going to get A's and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right down the line. And so having that realization that what I was actually seeking was happiness and that's kind of like a universal goal, um, but that we're seeking it through an achievement when it can be an objective on its own. And really what I say to my clients and what I'll say to the listeners today is this idea of you could have any goal you want, but you have to know and love your reason. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you don't right, like, so for example, I live in San Francisco and, um, there's lots that we need to do around supporting people who are unhoused at this time, but we also have a crazy amount of wealth. Right. And so you'll meet someone who says like, I want to be a billionaire. And I'm always like, but why? Like, what, like, why? Like, what could you possibly get with a billion dollars that you probably already aren't able to access now. And so we have these like goals simply because they sound good. Right. And so like the only thing you get, like with the billion dollars, if you don't have a lot of money is like, someone's going to put you on a magazine and someone's going to say that you like have figured out, like crack the code. Right. But you don't, it doesn't fundamentally, it definitely doesn't change who you are. No amount of money does that, but it actually also doesn't even change what you have access to in the (laughs) world. Right. So it's this really, interesting thing where we set these goals for ourselves and we never step back and say, why do I want that? Mm -hmm. What is that for? Is it like, am I wanting to be, you know, in finance because someone told me I was good at math or do I love kind of that, the the aspects of those types of roles. right? Right. And so it, it seems small, but it's an integral part of life. And I realized personally that I was excellent at sales. Like I had this long career where whether I was an individual contributor or leading hundreds of humans, I always ended up in the top 15%, right? Like this great career. And then one day I was like, I just don't love this work. And there's (laughs) nothing wrong with that work. It just, it wasn't my purpose in this lifetime. I didn't have a good reason for doing it, except I was good at it. Right. Right. And that's not a good enough reason. Well, it's funny because that's what I was about to ask you when you say that. I think a lot of times even people probably encourage us into things because we're good at it. 
And just because we're good at it doesn't necessarily mean that we're aligned to it. I literally was just talking about, um, he's like my nephew, my best friend's son. He was phenomenal in football in high school. Like he was the kid on the news that they would highlight. Like this is what he did in the game. And then in senior year, he was like, yeah, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. And everyone was like, what? But you're so good at it. Right. Yeah. Thankfully, his parents supported him 100% with it. But it was so like people couldn't understand like why you're good at this thing. Mm -hmm. So how I just from what your encounters have been and your experiences, how hard is that for people to like go up? Because I I imagine that must also tie into the guilt of not wanting to disappoint or trying Mm -hmm. to live into the expectations of other people. Do you find that we often get caught in even that trapping of I'm trying to live out someone else's goal or dream and not necessarily my own? Yeah, I do. And I think it lives much longer than the person holds it for you, if that makes sense. Right. So as a child, my dad really held and my mom, but my dad was like pretty vocal about it. This idea of like um, where I went to college and what grades I went like at what age I would become a director, at what age I would become a vice president and like held on to these, um, these ideas for me. Right. And I think at a point where he probably let them go, like I continued to hold on to them. Right. Because for me, they were ingrained indelibly in my yeah. subconscious brain. Like this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And so like, when I think about it, like I went back to business school. I literally was like on vacation with my girlfriend and I was like, I got to go back to the room and submit this business school application before midnight because it was due. I, nothing in me wanted to go to business school, but like, I was like pushed by my family. Like, this is something that you should do. Right. And so I like turned it in, like I'm desperately like on an Island with bad internet, like submitting it because I like thought I had to. And, um, and I bet in that moment, my dad had really released that, but for me, it was still there. And so you're, you're trying to, um, like for lack of a better phrase, like make your family proud or, you yeah. know, kind of align with that, which they want for you. And I know my parents made a lot of sacrifices for me in my life to help me have what I had. And I always had this idea of like, it is my duty to really kind of show up in this way. Um, and you have to just realize that you have to do what's best for you and that you, that's when you will have all three pillars of that stool, legs of that stool, um, in a really beautiful place, not perfection, right. But you're going to be your healthiest and your happiest. And you're going to have like career success and relationship success, the more that you are following your own intuition to your point, trusting yourself and the less you are kind of letting your life be directed from the outside. And yeah. I do want to note, cause I've mentioned my parents a handful of times, right? Like everyone's <laughs> doing the best they can, right? right? At every, at every turn. And we always, um, and these, these things that we are taught are oftentimes taught out of love, right? And they're given to us from a perspective of supporting us. And so that gets back to the compassion, just realizing that everyone's doing the best they can with the time they have. No, I'm so glad you say that because a lot of people end up having a lot of um, 
um, resentment towards either how they were raised or what was given to them. But I think it's so important for just our own healing, again, like how we're carrying those energies, how we're perceiving it, and recognizing that so much was passed on, because that's all they knew. They thought it was the best for us. And, you know, also they had their own life experience that gave them whatever stories they were passing down to us. So that that is a beautiful um, consideration. And again, so much of what you're saying, it reminds me of um, how a lot of us are more even conditioned to have concern around how we are seen and known, the perceptions that we create around what a good life is rather than actually getting to know ourselves and what that may mean to us. Yes. Yes. And that, I mean, foundation to all of this is foundational to all of this is really this idea of like authenticity. How can you really step into who you are and show up in the world? Like when you're being your most authentic self, you're not going to receive as much backlash uh, from the community, like all of these things, it's, it's a snowball where we believe that if we present in this really perfect way, life will be better. But because we're all connected, people see that they don't know yeah. that they see it, but they know that they see it. And so then yeah. there's friction. They're like, there's something about you that isn't right. And so we create all of these scenarios just from this place of wanting people to think that we're something different than who we are. Right. And we may not even be doing that consciously and actively, but when you give yourself permission to be your whole self in all of the moments, um, you really, um, will more gracefully traverse life. And I think the other thing that we all hold on to, right. Like we're all kind of hiding right back to this authenticity authenticity. We're hiding something in us that we believe is shameful, right? So we have 8 billion people on the planet who all Mm -hmm. probably have one or two or more things that they would prefer no one knew, but we're all in the same place. And for me, the (laughs) irony of that, that like, we're all like holding on to this really dense emotion of shame when the person right next to you has the same emotion and not that you have to share. I don't have to say Yolanda, this is specifically what happened to me, but if I can realize like there's nothing to be shameful for because almost everyone has had a similar experience, regardless of the magnitude of that experience, right? Some will be more than others, but we're holding on to something. And so if we can all just show up and say like, these are actually common experiences across humanity that we all share. And there's no need to present as something different. There's no need to feel shame about something that's in us because we all are walking that similar path. We'd be much better off. Beautiful Brandy. You know, it's the thing is funny is everything that you're sharing. It all just ties back into how important our healing is. And the funny thing is, it's like the the healing aspect in of itself, a lot of times that's not at the forefront for us because it's just the goal, whatever that may be. But in the process of our healing, we may find that our goal isn't even what we were holding on to for all this time. So like, like really getting clear on through our process of healing, like really recognizing what is authentic and true for us, which then can truly clarify the goal, which then we can truly start to give our attention to and start to live into and create this life of our dreams. It's funny. um, Even thinking about this conversation, 
I think when people hear that, like, oh, create the life of your dreams. I don't know that the first things that would come to mind are all the beautiful things that you shared today. Yes, I, I think that's true because it didn't for me before. Yeah. And then yeah. I realized that like you can create all the things and not have the life of your dreams because in the life of your dreams, you're happy. Yes. <laughs> so, how about but, that? How about what that? What a beautiful way that in the life of your dreams, you're actually happy. <laughs> yeah. I can't thank you enough. And I, I do know, I want to make sure people do know the various ways that we can work with you. Um, I know that you have different types of programs, you do group work, you do one to one work. So can you share for everyone listening? How can we work with you? Yeah, thanks options? so much for asking. So I do, like you said, one-on-one work, one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, which is really called the rise. And it's, um, it implements kind of uh, base um, directly with a person. And I love that work. And then I have something called the village, which is a group coaching cohort. And I'm always kind of um, just taking people in. And then we start when we have a, um, a quorum of individuals ready to go. So feel free to find me on my website for that. And then I have two offerings that um, I just offer to the world. It's my gift and would love for people to sign up if you'd like to receive it. One um, is my journal. I call them my journal entries because it's just musings for me. And those go out on the first and 15th of every month. And so I would love for people to get those. It um, kind of goes deeper on some of these concepts we've talked about today. And then the other is um, the gift of gratitude, which is a text messaging platform that reminds you why a gratitude is a directly correlated with happiness. And you get um, some reminders. And I also, also do uh, three Zooms, like one kind of three per year where we talk about the importance of gratitude and the science of it and things like that. So would love for people to definitely sign up for the two free offerings. And if it moves them, would love to work more closely with people. Beautiful. And so we can get all of this information and sign up on your website, which is Brandy Michelle. That's Brandy with an I and Michelle is M-E-C-H-E-L-E. -E, although the links to connect with you are, will be down in the show description. And we can also find you on Instagram under the same handle, Brandy Michelle. So I do want to encourage everyone, go to your website, learn more about the work. Definitely um, get access to the journal and also the text messages. But yeah, just go deeper into working with you. This was a beautiful conversation. I have to thank you again, Brandy, so much. Um, is there any last thoughts, anything you want to share before we leave today? Well, I do want to end by thanking you so much for having me. This conversation was um, really impactful for my day today, helped raise my <laughs> vibration. So lovely to uh, finally meet you in person. Yeah. And then also just a reminder to everyone that like you are the co-creator of your own life. And so hold that with you in every step. And I look forward to uh, us all being on this journey together. Ah, beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone for joining us today. And again, thank you, Brandy, Michelle. Don't forget again, the links to connect with Brandy are down in the show description and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Okay, beautiful alchemist, I told you that was such a beautiful conversation and I really wanna give a big thank you to Brandy Michelle again for coming to share with us all about her work 
And again, if you want to learn more about Brandy and her work or to have access to her um, gratitude texts or to her journal, make sure you go to her website, brandymichelle.com. Also find her on Instagram at brandymichelle. Remember that it's spelled B-R-A-N-D-I-M-E-C-H-E-L-E, but the links are down in the show description. And also be sure to join me through the Energetic Alchemist app. There's so much content there to further support you on your path, to help you with your process of self-healing, self-mastery. And I just look forward to working with you and getting to know you all in a more personalized way, because there is nothing that brings me more joy than us working together, even as community and seeing how this work is expanding in such beautiful ways and all of the variations that we are all being inspired to share. So I hope that you have a beautiful, gorgeous week and I will see you next time. Remember to always journey in love.